0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Our news organisations love to report on public opinion about stuff in the news, and often they report the results of surveys that are supplied to them ready-made by polling companies, often commissioned by some organisation or business or other that needs a bit of exposure. But these days the media also do it all for themselves. They ask their audience to feedback to them on issues via social media in response to some question that they've chosen. And when those results are in, that's more content and more talking points that the media can then feedback again to their viewers, listeners and readers naturally via social media. But is this stuff news we can really use and does it actually reflect public opinion in any meaningful way? Hayden Donnell now runs the numbers and dips Media toes into the shallow waters of polling your own punters.
2: Two months before the 2020 general election, News Hub reported some ominous news for Jacinda Ardern and the Labour Party. In a story headlined Poll Who Would You Prefer as Prime Minister, Judith Collins or Jacinda Ardern, it said 53% of respondents were backing the National Party leader to head the next government. As it turned out, that data might have been a little iffy. Ardern and Labour went on to secure the first outright majority in MMP history, while National's vote dipped to its lowest level since 2002. NewsHub's dodgy poll results were sourced entirely from a questionnaire embedded in one of its news stories. It wasn't alone in reporting the results of those kinds of in-house straw polls as if they have some kind of statistical value. This is The AM Show's Duncan Garner feeling reassured New Zealanders were on his side after an audience poll backed his calls for the country to close its borders entirely.
1: Borders and COVID, Duncan, this is from Mark. Please tell New Zealand why our borders have to remain open. So many are angry that our borders are not closed, at least for a time. Are you angry because our borders remain open? Feedback at the amshow.co.nz. Good That's morning. interesting,
2: isn't it? So 51% mm. saying angry. Maybe they're angry because we're not going harder. they
1: saying this for months. Just temporarily close mm. the border.
2: The Herald also regularly reports on the results of what it calls informal polls carried out on its Facebook page. One recent story asserted that 92% of people were in favour of giving out free period products in schools. Another reported widespread support for banning phones in schools. Some of its online polls don't even get that informal label, though. In March, the paper confidently trumpeted that New Zealanders had sided with the Queen following Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's Bombshell Oprah interview. The source for that? A reader survey embedded on the Herald website. A few days later, the Upper Times Age reported that many locals weren't convinced the COVID-19 vaccine is as safe as it's made out to be based on responses to a question it put up on Facebook. And News Hub at Six had this report about what it called a frightening survey.
0: Three quarters of the 1,700 landlords surveyed say they will, or probably will, increase rents. That's to cover what they estimate will be a tax increase of just over $3,000 per property. And all of that extra tax will add up to something like $1.5 billion more for the government coffers. Obviously, this is still all talk, but it shows they're not afraid to gather ammunition in their war with the government over housing.
2: The problem with these types of stories is that many mathematically minded people believe they are, to use a statistical term, bullshit. The New Zealand Political Polling Code has rules for what constitutes a legitimate poll, including that respondents are randomly selected or selected by quota and that they reflect New Zealand's age, gender and ethnic makeup. It's safe to say a poll sample composed entirely of the people who respond to the Whited Upper Times Ages Facebook page doesn't conform to those standards. Basing a story solely on the opinions of those respondents, particularly on something as important as the COVID-19 vaccine, could be seen as irresponsible. The media's tendency to report on these sorts of informal polls has been especially vexing for Stuss political reporter Henry Cook. In March, he appealed to the Media Council to issue a ruling against, quote, non-scientific online polls ever being used to show anything ever. Cook went on to add his own online poll to his call, with the question, do you agree with me, yes or no? An overwhelming majority, 84%, voted yes. MediaWatch echoed that with its own online poll this week, asking its Twitter audience the question, should media be barred from reporting unscientific social media polls as if they're a measure of public opinion? This generated an even bigger landslide result than Cook's tweet, with 88% of the 842 respondents voting yes. That's a decent number of people, more than some political polls rely on. So why is our result statistical hogwash? And in fact, does just knowing it make you dumber? I put those questions to the Auckland University statistician, Thomas Lumley. Kia ora, Thomas, and welcome to Media Watch.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
2: So Media Watch did a tweet yesterday with the question, Should media be barred from reporting unscientific social media polls as if they're a measure of public opinion? And the results are back in and apparently eighty eight percent of people are in favor of a ban from a tally of eight hundred and forty two respondents. Now would you say that result is statistically valid and indicative of public opinion? No. Why not?
0: Because there's no uh, way of estimating how badly off these results can be. So when you've got usual telephone opinion polls, they make some effort to get a representative sample both by selecting people at random and also by having a good idea of what the spread of the population is by things like age and gender and where you live and making sure their sample matches that. And as a result, the polls get within, you know, often get within a few percent of the right answer. But these sorts of polls can be arbitrarily badly wrong, and we can see that because there are examples where there have been two or three different polls by different media organisations on the same questions, and the answers have differed by 20 to 30 percentage points.
2: Can you give an example? What what, what do you exactly so, have in mind there?
0: So one example that I happen to have a copy of, it's a bit old, but the um, from two thousand and fourteen a debate between David Cunliffe and John Key and the proportion of people who thought that John Key won the debate was forty eight percent in the Herald, it was thirty six percent on News Talk Z B, and it was sixty one percent on T V N Z. So that's, that sort of variability is less, is more variable, is less informative than you'd get with a random sample of 40 people.
2: But media run these kinds of polls all the time, and they base stories off them all the time, don't they? So they ask their Facebook audience a question or embed a survey in their website, and then they report the results.
0: Is that yes.
2: practice wrong?
0: I think it is, yes, because their poll, the survey results don't add anything. In fact, because of something called anchoring bias, it makes it worse. It makes people less informed. So anchoring bias is the idea that when you first start thinking about something, if you hear some number, then you're going to, in the future, compare to that number. So you hear that the right number is 88%. And you think, okay, maybe that's a bit high, maybe it's only 60%. But the number is completely uninformative. You can't just discount it that way. And having a value that sort of to pin down your thinking like that makes you less informed.
2: So to use an example from my own life, by tweeting what it did, the MediaWatch Twitter account, it actually probably made the population dumber.
0: Yes. Or at least it made them less informed about what people actually believe. Uh, I mean, in this case, what you were trying to get them to say is, is, I think, true. But it's not true because it's popular.
2: Is there a sense, though, that this is kind of like no harm, no foul? Some people might get the wrong idea about what the public think about a certain issue. But is that going to have real-world consequences?
0: So this is like the question about is there a problem with newspapers printing horoscopes? You know, in a sense, no, but if you're going to want people to trust you on actual polls, it's not going to help if you start out by giving them a whole lot of things that pretend to be polls but really aren't and behaving as if you believe them. It dilutes the impact of real polls, that, that there is an important distinction between polls that are trying to find out the truth and ones that aren't. And if you treat them the same, you're going to get more belief in the bogus ones and less belief in the real ones.
2: And can these sorts of polls become a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy? So one of these unscientific polls says a politician is in trouble, and maybe that's not true, but then the media reporting on that poll will actually cause that politician trouble.
0: It's possible. I don't know how often that sort of thing happens in reality, but it's certainly possible that it could, yes.
2: What should be done about this? Should the Media Council issue some sort of directive on the use of these sorts of social media or online polls?
0: I think that would be sensible, yes, because you wouldn't just go out... Um, on the street and interview half a dozen people and call that a uh, representative, you know, and say that that described New Zealand opinion. And I think the Media Council would object if you did. And the same way here, I think criteria for what what sorts of polls count as evidence for their results uh, would be valuable.
2: Okay, so here's the scenario. I make you SAR of the media tomorrow. You're in control of New Zealand's media. Would they report these sorts of polls again? No. (laughs) You would issue the directive. You'd say no.
0: I would issue the directive. I've been arguing against at least stories based on bogus polls on the Stats Chat blog for about seven years now. I think that they're, I mean, they aren't the worst thing that happens to the news, but they're Something that's fairly clearly bad and shouldn't be that hard to get rid of.
1: That was Hayden Donnell talking to Professor Thomas Lumley, stats expert at the University of Auckland, about the media running the numbers on informal online polls and then reporting them as news. Now Stuff's Henry Cook may have been joking earlier about taking the issue to the Media Council, but it turns out the Council has been asked to rule in the past on media reporting self-selected online polls like this. But in August last year, it declined to uphold a complaint about NewsHub breaching the standards of accuracy, fairness, and balance over the preferred Prime Minister poll that Hayden mentioned earlier in his report. Its decision noted that informal polls can be deceptive, but that they can also provide an entertaining and even rough and ready guide as to what people really think. So, Henry Cook. Thomas Lumley and 88% of the 842 MediaWatch Twitter followers will have to put up with unscientific polls reported as news by the media for the time being.